Hey, it's Sarah and Kristen. Welcome back for another episode of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. We are so happy to have you back for another episode or welcome along if it's your first time joining. Before we kick off, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and sea where this podcast has been recorded, the land of the Gubby Gubby people of the Sunshine Coast. We pay respect to their elders past, present and those emerging. Just as a quick reminder, we have a Patreon account. As expressed before, again, we really want you to know that we absolutely love bringing these episodes to you fortnightly as it's a really fun creative outlet for Sarah and myself. What Patreon does, it allows us to continue to cover the costs for the podcast, such as monthly hosting, websites, and equipment upgrades to bring you the best quality possible. Again, bit of a shout out to our dogs who oftentimes make little guest appearances, Bear, Moose, and Ness. Uh, With your contributions, we get the best equipment so that we pick everything up. With that in mind, every little contribution makes a huge difference to us. For just a gold coin donation each month, we'd be so stoked to have you on as a patron. It's pretty easy to find and sign up online at patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Huge shout out to all of our existing patrons and just all of you listeners. We really appreciate you all. If donations are not an option for you, we obviously understand and respect that. And another way that you can support the podcast and make it easier for people to find us is to please either share and tag us on Instagram if you've particularly loved an episode or to go onto whatever provider you're listening to us right now on and leave a rating or review. These reviews help to make us more findable for listeners who are just like you and allows us to spread the voice of the everyday adventurer even further. Thank you so much to everyone who has already shared or left a review for us. I am personally so proud to bring you this new podcast episode as we get to highlight some pretty important people in my life. Our guests today are my mom and dad, Andy and Julie Russell. We got a chance to talk to my parents while they were out visiting from America, and they were dropping some knowledge bombs! (laughs) I loved talking to mom and dad about how they felt raising my brother Jake, my sister Hannah, and myself while continuing to maintain their relationship, now up to 41 amazing years together, raising their kids to be outside with the attitude of just picking them up and going, and still having the time to do all the things that they loved. I love this episode so much. Andy and Julie were so candid and it was a real pleasure to sit down with them. Andy wasn't feeling great at the time, so I recorded from my own home via Zoom, which may make it sound a little different, but we are sure it won't take away from their stories and their advice. We loved hearing about how they put themselves out there to continue to try new things out of their comfort zones and how these adventures often bring them to people with the same mindset, making some amazing friends through life. Andy and Julie gave some great wisdom that I am sure will get you thinking and evaluating your relationship with both training and longevity. Let's get into it. Cue the music with Kristen. Welcome to episode 26 of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. My name is Sarah Pendergrass and I am joined by my beautiful co-host Kristen Vorton. Hello everybody. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're, we have a little bit of a different setup today, as you can tell by already probably. I am on Zoom looking at three lovely individuals at Kristen's house. So Kristen, do you want to tell us who we're joined by? We are joined by my amazing, wonderful parents <laughs> all the way from America. So dad's just feeling a little bit off today. Again, we just wanted to, I don't know, with you know, health and safety and stuff. We just decided to keep Sarah a little bit far away. He's already done a test. He's not COVID positive by any means. So American government, if you're listening to him, don't <laughs> deny him entry back in. <laughs> um, so that's why we are doing a totally different uh, format. Uh, firstly, say hello, guys. <laughs> hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> mom did admit. We should come- say your names as well. Oh, Never yes. mind mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> They're just mom and dad. Julie Russell and Andy Russell. <laughs> In the house. In the house. So we're doing a very different format. Obviously, Sarah being on Zoom. And we also have our very first two-person podcast. So we are utilizing all four mics, even though one's not actually currently in play. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, trying. <laughs> yeah to warm us all up again listeners probably will not know who you are unless they are friends or family so we're going to mm-hmm. kind of get a little bit warmed up with no introduction for who you guys are why we've got you guys on which is a little quick fire it just kind of loosens everybody up for everything so sarah will kick us off <laughs> All right, so I feel like I should be like Mr. and Mrs. Russell, but I'm going to be <laughs> no. going to be contemporary. <laughs> so, Julie, we will start with you. The big question: pineapple on pizza? Hell's yes or hell's no? I have to be the biggest supporter of my daughter, so I'm on her team. <laughs> What's your on it? I, you like pineapple and, on pizza, though, don't you? You know, I don't order it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I rarely would order it, but if it's in front of me, I will eat it. Yeah. But I still want to be on her team. (laughs) Very cute. (laughs) All right. Over to you then, Andy. Pineapple on pizza. Hell's yeah or hell's no? Well, the hell yes. That's a true true wife supporting me because she's been eating pineapple pizza with me. (laughs) 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 I'm just finding out now. Uh, no, definitely. Sacrifices yes. and I you've actually been got Kristen to almost teeter the other day. We were ordering or looking at pizza and I was going to order one. And she said, uh, you know, I've, I've just, just <laughs> given you a little inside secret. <laughs> Dad's giving away all the secrets. Well, because we started off and I was like, surely it's not that contentious of an issue, but it's become quite contentious. And so just with the podcast, I just have to say fervently on the uh, hell's no side. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, So you guys have done quite a lot of adventures, just off the top of your head with no prompt. What's the most memorable adventure, which could be an event, it could be a day, or it could be an entire trip? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whoever can think of it first. I have one. Okay. Um, We recently did a backcountry um, ski trip where we stayed in a yurt. And this is definitely out of my comfort zone. So things that are out of your comfort zone, you're on high alert the whole time, which sparks my neurons and Uh memories. And that will forever be etched into my memory. How recent was that? That was um, a year ago, April. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we did a lot of climbing. We hit 
11,000 feet, you can do the meter conversion. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard, but it was super memorable. Where were you? We were in... uh, The backside of Yosemite. Yeah, the backside of Yosemite. And it's beautiful in summer and it's beautiful in winter. Um, So that just added to it. They, we did kind of cheat a little bit. They put us in a cat and took us up a portion of it, but there was plenty of self-powered huffing and puffing as well. Yeah, with skins. Yeah, yeah. And eleven thousand feet is going to make you huff and puff. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So, by a cat, if I'm not a snow person, is that like a big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snow wow. tractor so in the cool. with a big box on it, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> essentially, we hitched a ride for part of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. I think you're allowed Sounds that. Sounds beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Dad, what's your most memorable? Well, boy, that was just thrown out at us, but uh, and I guess this is kind of adventure-related, but because uh, uh, I can go on. Like, <laughs> we don't have a time to have a lot of fun with different stuff, but but I guess, and I hate to, to bring up, because I've always said that, uh, that I'll... I'd like to be buried with my Leadville belt buckle, but but uh, it took me two tries to finish it, and the second time uh, were very emotional and tears, and <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to have to come back to Leadville, that's for sure. Yeah, right, right. yeah <laughs> definitely. A lot of these quick fires allow us to kind of navigate back around to right, things, right. but yeah, I've got hmm. a whole thing. I'd like to have Dad have the open floor for Leadville. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm becoming way more lenient on quick fire. Now I'm asking questions, Kristen, so I'm getting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, next question. This is one that we've just kind of started incorporating each episode because it's kind of fun. But Kristen and I acknowledge it's hard being put on the spot if you haven't thought of it. So <laughs> you, come, you come across a genie. The genie grants you three wishes. What would your three wishes be? Moms, I'll I'll fill up some time so that you can have a bit of a think about it. Moms, listen to a couple. Oh, well, I'll jump in because I kind of gave some thought to it because you know listening to the podcast been finally like like Julie said you know there's gonna be things you're gonna ask you might want to think about it, but but every time it comes up and you have the little you know prompt with things and and of course everybody the you know everybody's all for world peace and all that stuff all beautiful stuff but but I I think I thought I'd be a little bit selfish with this that. uh, Kind of three things, and actually, uh, this kind of comes to our trip. We're as we, you know, here visiting Kristen, and uh, um, we went into the aquarium, and we were looking at, you know, going back to the dawn of time. And I've I've always thought it'd be fun to be able to have a wish to be able to go back to a place. I mean, in in this case, two million years ago, when uh, when twenty Earth, million years ago, or, <laughs> whatever, two million yeah. more zeros than we can count. So <laughs> just you know that little snap, and I might go into old ghost towns and I wish I could just snap my finger and go back in time and be super fun for a little, you know, so many episodes or so many fun adventure stuff you do to, to be able to get a, a little piece of stuff. But, and I think the second was, uh, I mean, I kind of made reference at, at Kristen's wedding, um, that, that, uh, Mount Everest would have been a, a fun thing to say, I need to accomplish that. I mean, it's one of those cliche things because it's there, but that was always kind of an aspiration from a young age. And then, <laughs> flying an F-16. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an airplane. <laughs> I've always been kind of the motorhead along with the exercise or all the other stuff, but I kind of have a, a flair for a lot of fun, exciting things. So, 
Nice. I like those. Awesome. And I, yeah, Sarah has always kind of made this prompt as well for people to like what you mentioned. I'm still giving you some time to think, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that a lot of people are like, oh, I'm kind of on the spot. Maybe I need world peace and everybody's happy and all this stuff. Sarah's like, no, no, no. If you're rich, just yeah. share it with people and then yeah. it becomes not so. <laughs> but I like all that stuff. Yeah. I'm all for the, yeah. yeah the, yeah. The ripple effect, right? Like you're living your best life and then everyone around you can live their best lives too. So yeah, you, you go do those things. I want to go back and see some dinosaurs. There's going to be a lot of cool things that could be done. Yeah. yeah. Mom, have you got your three things? I think so. Uh, let's see if I can effectively translate them. So um, the first one I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if what you ate directly translated in performance like as I get older that's more important to me and I'm talking like direct immediate um if I want to sit on the couch and watch pop or watch movies then popcorn popcorn would just sedate me but if I want to run a super long distance then immediately if I eat healthy it would translate into my body and make it supercharged so uh broccoli like yeah. Popeye you, you yeah. have the spinach and then you exactly. get the muscles <laughs> okay so that was one um that is pretty cool <laughs> two was I think it would be super fun to fly and uh navigate around the world and on your own power I don't know how maybe a jet stream through your toes or something <laughs> <laughs> And thirdly, I'm getting a very... great image. Yeah. <laughs> Enough 16 to be easier. Yeah. <laughs> the third is also very selfish, but it's the wish that I wish for. And I, I hope it still comes true if you say it out loud. And that's health and happiness for my family. Nice one. Mama. That's my fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, actually, I love first, that. I'm but, just getting but, pictures. Yeah. yeah, that one was just a super dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't need to explain yourself. It's okay. <laughs> so mom and dad have been here now for about two, just over two weeks. We're getting into about like two and a half and they're here for another kind of half a week uh, visiting, which has been amazing. Um, I forgot that mom and dad have a like great nutritional um, outlet. Like if we're going anywhere, mom knows what we're eating before, during and after. Like mom is a true mom. So the after part is always the really fun one after you come home from an adventure and you're like, oh, what am I craving? So what's your favorite post adventure, either snack, feast, anything like that? Mm. That's too easy. Oh, then you take it. <laughs> well, I, if I think it's where you are, I mean, after any long backpacking trip or whatever, it's always a big greasy burger. Yep. <laughs> I think that's probably kind of a, a worldwide. Uh, is it worldwide or is it? I, you, know, uh, it's, you know, I think it's, uh, it's at it's least a, room wide because I'm in on that. Uh, the greasy burger. <laughs> yeah. Worldwide Jiro, where we were trying to figure out how to pronounce it. What, yeah, what Sarah, it? do you know, what? is it Jiro, Gyro, Hero? For the Greek, uh, you know, roll, rap, or. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm not an expert. <laughs> no, don't know. Know. The stars, I'm shaking yeah. my hands. I don't know. <laughs> 
like something deep fried and greasy and gut bomb. And okay, a, and a good so, vanilla malted milkshake. So I'm in on that, but not deep fried. I do like a good uh, healthy burger. And then healthy burger. Yeah. <laughs> not healthy. And then out of beer next to it as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Frosty cold one. <laughs> All right. So next question. Um, if you could meet your 30-year-old self, three zero, what advice, what piece of advice would you give them? And it can be life advice and adventure advice, absolutely anything. So again, while you guys think, I'll mm-hmm. kind of paint the picture for where you guys were at at 30. Mom was probably... You I had, had young just, kids. Just turned thirty when we, you had me. Yeah. So I was we very had first. Yep. Kids. So that would be painting the picture for mom and dad, just being a couple years older. At thirty, you would have been no. just recently married, and then I don't know what you were doing at thirty. <laughs> well, I have to say, at thirty, I was right where I wanted to be. I loved raising kids. Um, we have three amazing children that became a big part of our life and um but going back it's always don't be afraid to try put your hand up and say yes these are lessons i kind of learned from my mom she's 94 and <laughs> shout she's... out grandma pat <laughs> <laughs> and still going strong um and stay connected yeah great advice done I actually make references to 30. That's funny you say that because I think, Chris, and you've had to heard it. Jake, Hannah, I mean, you know, now that uh, and I, I won't say out loud how many fingers old I am, but uh, I make references to the 30 and 40. And I think kind of being around spending time with you and Kristen this time. Um, and I've just I've relayed this to the kids. You know, as you, be, as you get older and now we have to be the stoic, you know, uh, elders to think back on. But, uh, you know, what. What I was at 30 is pretty much what I am now, although, I mean, I, I think you have to, to be, I mean, realize that things are going to change. I think when I hear people say this, you know, they go into things for their whole life and, and life just, just go, I mean, I think the most simplest thing I'll say is to go with would change because you're going to, your body's going to change. Everything changes your life situation. We were never going to move from from our original place where we've, you know, the kids were brought up and then all of a sudden an opportunity came up and we moved. So, so just flexible in life. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's, but it, but at 30, the kids being 30, you know, I keep telling them there's don't think, don't get caught in what you're thinking now because 30, 40, 50 is going to come along and, and things can be different. So just, I think mm-hmm. just flexibility would be one thing I would relay to, uh, to, <laughs> to the younger folk. <laughs> Love it. Because it's, it's a fun ride. <laughs> and it gets better. Good. Good to know. Past <laughs> <laughs> so, so 30. So everything, that, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> There's hope yet, Sarah, there for us. Are, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll check back in with you when you're, when you're 64. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And just to round it off, you guys have probably heard the story and you probably even listened to the podcast with Luke that we had a sports psychologist come on. We talked a little bit about um, just kind of mental well-being. A lot of people uh, practice gratitude nowadays, which is being grateful for things kind of external. But we don't oftentimes challenge ourselves to give us like kind of boost us up as well. 
So give yourselves a compliment. Um, I'm going to say this is so not our generation to internalize these kind of things. So, um, But I've always been thankful for the coordination that my body has, my mind connection to my body. So that would be my gratitude. Gratitude. So yes. I think my, my live by motto in life is to be able to put my head on the pillow at night and, and be able to sleep. And I think I've tried to relay that to the kids and just, I wish everybody would take on that, uh, on that thing that just, you know, if you can live with yourself at night and put your head down and go to sleep and not and feel bad about what you have done in any case in life, that if you can put your head on the pillow at night and go to sleep and have a peaceful sleep, then that's, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's my deal. Good one. Awesome. Thank you. You made it through the <laughs> quick fire in inverted You're commas swimming, round. <laughs> I know the quick fire is probably like 15, 20 minutes already. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into the juice of it. All right. So again, you guys have listened to the podcast before. In fact, probably episode one, you might have even been our very only first listeners <laughs> when we made reference to uh, shout outs to moms. Um, so you probably know what's coming, but again, not a lot of people will know who you are. So just give maybe a brief, and again, this is going to be going back and forth between doing individual origin stories and they'll probably overlap. So whoever wants to go first, (laughs) dad just like very fiercely pointed at mom. Um, I am the last of five. And my parents were living in the Philippines when I was born, which I think is a little pivotal pivotal to me. A, because last of five, it's I didn't have the eyes on me, and I kind of grew up as with a lot of freedoms. And living in the Philippines was only a brief stint for me, but my father was doing a lot of international travel for work, so that was very unusual at the time, at least in in the area that I really considered that I grew up in, which is Piedmont, in a suburb of um, the Bay Area. So growing up, we had, um, just referring to adventures, we had the ocean nearby, we had a big city nearby, we had running trails nearby, and we had skiing nearby. So... It was a great spot to grow up, and it laid the foundation for adventuring for the rest of our life. So Andy and I met when we were 14, but we didn't start dating <laughs> until... This is for a whole other episode. <laughs> and uh, so 21, uh, we've been together 41 years now, yeah. And uh, somebody said to me something like, you have to be a badass to be married to that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of feel like he's he's definitely, you know, been the inspiration for a lot of adventuring. Um, Big ones, little ones, you know, the summit is always just around the corner. There's always (laughs) one more hill, Sarah. Wink. So essentially, (laughs) keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, And so we've had a lot of adventures. Um, 
I have a wonderful, supportive family that is my mom and siblings, but I also have a wonderful, supportive family that is my husband and children. So I think that's a huge part of my origin story. I guess Beautiful. actually, well, we're going to have a lot of parallels because we grew up in the same area, you know, in the San Francisco area. But growing up as the youngest of three, and at that point, like Julie said, you have a little more freedoms <laughs> from the older ones who had more uh, disciplines. But uh, growing up in my day would start off, the, the sun would crack the mountains, and I was out building forts, running around, sliding on cardboard boxes down hillsides. <laughs> Uh, so I think that's where the formulation of all my ad- adventure and just uh, not be able to keep sitting still for more than five seconds. <laughs> Which is still Which something. Is, Mom right? just grabbed Dad's hand because he's fidgeting. <laughs> I'm not good at sitting still. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so yeah, doing so the podcast is a feat. <laughs> so yeah, so exactly. So it was, uh, it, it's made for, again, I'll say it again, made for a, a, a very good uh 64 year run and it all started yeah from from <laughs> those young days of uh growing up in the in the hills and being pretty much free <laughs> so yeah amazing and where do you guys live now we live in reno nevada which is very close to lake tahoe if any of you know that our elevation where our house is, is the same elevation as the lake, which is 6,200 feet. Uh, so we live in the mountains. Um, the Reno proper is down the hill from us and uh, has everything that we want, but we can also just pop up and over the hill to Lake Tahoe for mountains and everything that that has to offer in the summer, winter, spring, and fall. And I was going to make a I kind of snick, snickered with Phil that I think where we live is, I think, one of the highest points in Australia. Oh. <laughs> Just at our, at, our, <laughs> at our front door. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Incredible. Yeah. And also, yeah. I, I love that you reference the seasons as well, because I imagine like it's a beautiful seasonal place that way, which is something that Kristen and I talk about that we don't experience the same way here, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Winter, uh, spring, summer, and fall, basically here in Australia, are just the same. Yeah. It's mostly hot, and then it's kind of hot, and then it's a little bit cooler, and then it gets hot again. <laughs> yeah, we, in Queensland, into, anyway, yeah, yeah, true. In Queensland, <laughs> we yeah. ran into the Australian the, the realtor gal and said, "I've never seen snowfall," and that's that was kind of a kind of a funny thing for me to hear because yeah, the seasons are are pretty cool. This is a a very nice spot here, but uh, but having seasons is pretty special, and you can ski and yeah. I mean, you got so many different things going on. So you guys have like only just mentioning from the quick fire questions, mom. You did you know this big backcountry ski trip only a year ago. You guys are still continually doing adventures. You've touched on it a little bit briefly, but like talk a little bit about growing up what kind of outdoors meant to you guys um you know whether that was sport uh mom was a cheerleader (laughs) (laughs) but any of those types of things while you were younger or did you get into it a little bit more as you were a bit older for me there wasn't a lot of options sports wise that was organized through school so I did play softball 
and cheerleading was an expression of a sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I tried running track. I don't even think Kristen knows this once in high school and it was way too hard and it made my chest hurt. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I just ran as fast as I could around a lap and I thought I'm never doing that again. And I didn't until uh, college. Then I started to learn how to jog. And uh, uh, once I started and and got what endorphins were about, I never looked back. I just really enjoyed being outside. And that was kind of the start of a lot of the trail running that we did uh, when we live in Walnut Creek and where we live now. Yeah. <laughs> I started off pretty young, I guess, started off immediately getting into, into bicycle motocross racing, started racing motorcycles. At, I think I got my first competition license at 13 and continued to do that along with bicycling, always mixed into that. I guess I, I look back and calling that cross training at, at that age or whatever, because mm -hmm. as a kid, you just wanted to have as much fun as you could do as many things you could, but, but everything became cross training because it was exercise, but it was fun, so... Um, going back, yeah, it started off young and it just continued to <laughs> grow and grow from there. Yeah. Snowballed. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. As one would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't have enough time. <laughs> um, and then moving forward, you guys had kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Huzzah>! We did. <laughs> Evidence right here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thank you of... guys. I'm grateful for that. <laughs> you are welcome world to the world <laughs> and shout out to jake and hannah as well yeah. um so a lot of people will probably resonate listening um we have a lot of moms and dads who listen who have kids and things like that i i always brag about how active you guys were with me growing up so you guys were the parents that would be out there playing with us, you know, not just kind of sending us out. I mean, there's obviously the times that the kids would be running around and you're with all the adults and all that stuff. But really, I remember mom going for runs with your girls group mm -hmm. until I got old enough that I could actually join up with that girls group. Dad was always out for, you know, bike riding and stuff. So how did you guys like manage that? Was it something that together because both of you guys really wanted to was it a juggling act all right I'm gonna go out on this day you go out on that day mm. like I guess how did you manage that with kids um so from the outside in and it's very difficult for me to stand from the outside in but I had multiple people saying I really appreciate how you raise the kids you pick them up you grab them and you go so I guess that's what we did. We just picked you up, we grabbed you, and we went. Um, and I kind of lost the train of thought on it just developed into we really enjoyed you. We enjoyed being with the kids. I remember a Christmas day, it was pouring down rain, we all went for a trail run. I mean, that was special to me. And uh, somehow we got you guys out, and everybody was happy for it after, right? <laughs> it's always the after with kids. Um, but I would say, you know, we just did it. Yeah. I will, I will share with, with 
with the younger people <laughs> listening to this that there there is life after kids because we had we had such a great balance. We I mean there wasn't weekends afternoons that were not filled with bringing the kids up, but 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 it's all about a, a you know a balance in life. So we would always. You know, because people would say, oh, I just don't have time to go for a run or bike. It's like, well, you make time for it. you got to take the kids to soccer practice. And then at soccer practice, I'd take my shoes or my bike and go run run while they were doing practice. It was always a balancing act and, and making sure that you didn't give up yourself for the kids. And I think that's the I think the biggest thing I can uh, uh, say is that we were able to balance a, an incredible life. I, think, I mean, I get tired thinking about the life we led. <laughs> But, uh, and one thing that, you know, like I, when you can always, I joke with my younger friends having kids is I've been, uh, I always, after nine o'clock at night, after the kids were asleep, that was my time and we go night riding. <laughs> so I was, when the kids were younger, I would spend more time nighting, riding mountain bikes at night because that was the only time I could find to be free. So that was the time we did. And that was just the balance of life and, and it all worked out. I mean, never, never sacrificed anything. We were able to do and by us being healthy in that sense was healthy for the kids, just an all-around good. <laughs> I would like to tag on to that. That was a very important last statement. What we did was healthy for us and healthy for the kids, and you did have to fit it in. Mm-hmm. I was out in the morning with my girlfriend, sometimes in the dark on the trails with flashlights, just so we could fit things in and it was it was kind of like a therapy session um, as well as a great exercise session. And um, then the rest of the day began, and everybody went to sleep tired, you know. <laughs> I love this. I mean, there's no doubt Kristen always talks proudly about how active you all were as a family. And I, there were a few things there that were fun. One, Julie is picking up on the fact that the kids loved it after, because I suspect there are times when you feel like you're maybe dragging them out to start with. Like yes. I know, I, was it? Did Hannah say that she wasn't necessarily keen when she was younger to right. go on adventures yeah. and stuff? But obviously yeah. now is massively adventurous. Yeah. So a bit of persistence there, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just your attitude in terms of knowing that you being healthy and you still doing the stuff you love benefits all of you. And I actually, it's interesting because you mentioned generational before. I feel like that's quite progressive. Like I feel like there's a lot of that like mom guilt about, you know, wanting to do things for yourself. But at the end of the day, like you say, going out, doing those things, even if it is in the pitch black with flashlights in the morning or at night, either side of doing stuff with your kids is just, yeah, you sound like experts. Like this is (laughs) great lessons for everyone. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like the airplane we just went to cans for example and it's always put your life mask on before you put your put others life Mm -hmm. mask on and i have this conversation with um phoebe you know uh, whenever we go running (coughs) is she says that running if she doesn't run she's not going to be a good mom she's Mm. not going to be a good wife yeah so it's the ripple effect very true yeah Yeah. Mm. i can't tell you how many times i would kick andy out the door because he had a bad day at work or something and or something stressful and I wasn't feeling that way and and so I'm like okay I've got this you go out and get a little emotional fix yeah 
Yeah, tag team. I love that. I also should put my hand up and say, I don't have children. I can barely manage my dog, so I'm no expert here at all. But I love well, your attitude, that's for sure. I put my hand up and say, we absolutely had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing I always say, everything works out in the end. And you yeah. just you, you do it, and you're, there's no book on how to do it, and it yeah. just works out if, you, if you've got the right attitude. So. Yeah, nice. And so now that your children have flown the nest, um, so to speak, it sounds like you're obviously still incredibly adventurous and love getting out and moving and exercising. What are your like favorite things to do in the outdoors at the moment? <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was going sorting through my, my pictures and my, <laughs> my files since I have so much time traveling on this trip, but I have one picture I, I, I saved to my wall of shame thing. And Kristen knows what I'm talking about. We have, you, you put fun things you can put in a picture and you have, have pictures in a place where you can kind of see the fun things you've done. But but uh, I think I have a picture that uh, in the back of my pickup truck, it has ski gear, <laughs> uh, motorcycle riding gear, bicycle gear. <laughs> just, just uh, Maybe some running shoes or hiking. Some, yeah, no, just uh, it's a constant... Uh, seeking of uh, adventure (laughs) so dad's general conversations when we're talking especially in the shoulder season his biggest complaint is he's like i mean i don't know if i want to take my skis out because there's still snow on the ground but it's also getting into mountain biking season so i've only got so much time like that's dad's biggest complaint is choosing (laughs) the activity yeah ski mountain bike and golf on the same day yeah Yeah, put golf clubs in the back of that jerk as well. Exactly. They were in there. (laughs) That is true. Those are fun days. I'm more, um, I think I heard Kristen say this as well. I enjoy being on my two feet. So hiking, now golfing, um, skiing. um, Those are the things that I really enjoy. I am terrified biking, but love it when I'm done. Um, I think I heard Kristen <laughs> say that as well. And I'm like, that's how I feel. <laughs> but uh, Andy is an amazing uh, cyclist. And so it's just, uh, it's fun to uh, to watch him. And, you know, we have an amazing group of friends that we can call. And you typically have somebody to join you for any of those activities. Yeah, that's always been something really big of um, of you guys is you've always been able to surround yourself with like-minded people. Um, Hannah made the, you know, the big comment that resonated with both Sarah and me, which was in college, she found the group of friends who you would say that you would be somewhere. They said, that sounds awesome and actually show up. Mm. Sometimes hard to find those people. How like, do you have any insight for how you think that you've created such an awesome group of friends that you do have the only thing I would say because that's not an easy thing to do is one leads to the next leads to the next you find somebody that you really enjoy and maybe they'll introduce you to their friend and you just you be open to um to showing up and and once you start having shared experiences then then it turns into a friendship, which turns into making another friendship. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Um, actually, <laughs> uh, 
uh, all of our friends, it's kind of funny. It just seems like, doesn't everybody just get up and want to go do fun things all day long? <laughs> it is. We have we, yeah, come up with an amazing group of friends and, uh, uh, you know, like on a, on a powder ski day, you know, your phone will light up with different people's names. It'll pop up from here or there from one network. And then a bike ride, you'll get different people. And it's... Uh, and, it, and then I'll just build the course. And that's the fun thing about doing that stuff is meeting new people and the whole thing that's easy. You go on any, any of the new adventures. Somebody brings a friend, you meet somebody else. I just just met a guy that is uh, an extreme whitewater rafter that I just ran into on a trail and we hit up a friendship. And now I go riding with this guy who's even quite a bit older than I am, but is uh, we've had a, a great time together and just a new just a out there adventure that I was in a parking lot and we started talking and now a new friend so that uh, that's easy to build those friendships just continue because everybody's so friendly and every everything you do and, and all the sports stuff and that's the cool thing about it yeah I love that we always talk about how important connection is and community and I suppose we don't talk so much about location but there has to be something in that when you're living in a in a spot like you are with so many adventure options too Mm-hmm. I, I would say everybody yeah. in Reno and by the way Reno sucks tell your friends <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think it pulls the type of people who are now in Reno which are the people who might have grown up in the Bay Area with kids and now the kids are gone and they want mm-hmm. a little bit more yeah. space and adventure that yeah mm-hmm. and everything just, at our fingertips exactly yeah. right out the door pretty much yeah so again you guys now are continuing to do some really cool stuff. And I'm like, I tell people about stuff that you guys have done and they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys have some pretty amazing longevity. We like had a little conversation in cans about it, but is there anything that you guys would like put down to how you've gotten the longevity that you have in the sport? Cause you guys are continuing to get out there and adventure. (laughs) Oh, I haven't, I think it's just con- continuity. Just keep doing it. Um, if you, I mean, some things hurt because <laughs> because of age. I'm not, you know, less flexible. But um, I, you know, you don't push through it to the point that you're going to damage something. But uh, it, continuity, I would I, say, I yeah. Yeah, he does. And I just want to shout out to Grandma Pat again. Um, The social aspect keeps you, uh, keeps you young, keeps your, I think keeps your soul young. And that's important. I think what you were referring to is your body. I don't have any magic pill other than keep moving. Yeah. But the body and mind is so important as mm-hmm. well. We did make the comment that Grandma Pat has, at 94, only just kind of put her golf clubs away, but she'll still get out with, um, you know, Cousin Kari. Yeah. Um, she's yeah. been golfing with her young friends of 70 years old. Right, <laughs> right. And she, you know, spent a lot of time, like, we we kind of agreed that a lot of Grandma's longevity just in life so far has be, been a big, huge aspect of it with the social Mm-hmm. part that she's been mm-hmm. that she's had yeah and dad longevity <laughs> so longevity got a, a another pretty good <laughs> pretty good uh, philosophy on that i mean i i think i you know starting you know going back to when i was just a kid i didn't i didn't realize my body was going to start 
slowing down as I got older. It's just, but I, as, as time's gone on, I think back even to that 30 year old thing, so many things kind of focused kind of plus and minus of 30, but, uh, as I've gotten older, I mean, one thing I've always done at everything that I've ever done is, is that, uh, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. I mean, I, I know a few people that I can, you know, good friends that, uh, you know, did, uh, Ironman competitions and they train their brains out. They blew themselves up and now they're sitting, you know, not say on a couch, but you know, they're still active people. But, uh, but that's one thing I don't ever want to give up is just to, you know, if it doesn't feel good, I mean, to, to just, you know, I'm, I'm having to face the fact that I'm slowing down a bit, but I will not in any way let that deter me. I'll just have to adjust to the new world, but, uh, but just keep going. And if it doesn't feel good, I'll, I'll never forget because I was actually quite a bit more of a runner before I was in the biking. I'll never forget where we lived in Walnut Creek and just going out, starting a run 10 minutes in, doesn't feel good. Stop, turn around, walk back and just try again the next day and just don't ever push yourself beyond that. And I think that's, that to me is, I would say I could uh, take that to the grave ending. Just, I mean, don't over, don't ever push, just do it as long as it's good. And, and maybe that sport doesn't work. Maybe go on to something else, but just, just keep going. You know? Put your head down and keep going. Yeah, I love that. And um, disclaimer, because I now work for Ironman. Ironman does yeah. work for some people. It's just not for everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Sarah. <laughs> but I guess with that in mind and mentioning the fun, it, we, we like to talk about your why. Um, has it been like, is there a competition side for you, for each of you in the adventures you do, in the training you do? Or is it more just about that experience of being outdoors, about that community? By that connection. Well, for me, it's funny. I was reading Kristen's little disclosures. It said, and then I read and I picked up that there was a little competition. I, they've, I've always been in competition with myself. I don't really compete, although I'll definitely look at every result and you know, dissect it by age and strava segment and this and that. <laughs> but for the most part, everything I do is is for myself. Kind of back that thing. Just you know, do it. Compete with yourself. I mean, I played. You know, and I look at the, one of the sports I played was soccer. Is that I could go and for, you know, for for the time period of a, of a of a match, I would play full. I would never get off a field that bleeding or something, and feel like I was going to tear somebody's head off. And then the whistle would blow, and I could go up and ask one of the opponents to dinner. I mean, just I just had this ferocity in me that, that sometimes I try to you know wonder how somebody could dissect my gray matter when I'm gone. <laughs> but I had a funny side to me that uh, you know competition i was always in competition myself but but uh but it was always just in fun and just you know kind of for myself and i mean it's a good healthy thing i mean it would keep me going you know um so anyway <laughs> oh little opposite <laughs> <laughs> to me it's about longevity it's about continuing to enjoy it i've always loved being outside and love moving my body um, so I, I rarely challenge myself. Like it, it's always, it's not a challenge. It's just get over there. And once you're over there, see how you feel and keep it and decide if you want to get to the next point. Um, but that's it for me is just being out under the sky. 
And it kind of goes back to, Mom, your point about longevity of just the keep moving forward. It's Mm -hmm. the continuity. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, just the consistency factor of Mm -hmm. keeping moving forward. Um, I do want to make kind of a point for, for what you said, Dad. If you go out for 10 minutes and you're out on a run and you don't feel good, just turn around. Yeah. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Right? I think that sometimes gets missed a little bit as well because we're – and just, you know, nowadays it's just different. You have to take a selfie while you finished and you have to have your Strava time at the bottom of it. And if you're not on Strava, it didn't happen. And all this, you know, it's got to happen right now thing. So I think a lot of people now are sort of missing out on that looking mm-hmm. forward ahead and there's the mentality of, you know, death before DNF, which is do not finish yeah. the race, for example. <laughs> Those sorts of mentalities are kind of kicking around in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just interesting that you said that, Dad. Because, yeah, I, do, I don't remember, like, I, I do remember Dad going for a couple of races. But overall, you know, I feel like I do a lot of, like, I've done more races probably than you have oh, in your entire life, absolutely. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a different mindset but I think that's mm-hmm. probably a huge thing that has contributed to both of your longevities mm-hmm. but in yeah. saying that dad has like you mentioned in the quick fire done Leadville and done it once because you failed the first time which is amazing <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> I I would love to hear about this can you just for those of us who may not know what Leadville 100 is can you introduce it first in terms of what this race is well, it was pretty cool. It was kind of an ominous thing, but although I actually did it when it was kind of new, I think the running version of it had been around a lot longer. It was, it, you know, for people that don't know, it's a, uh, Leadville is a town in Colorado that's at 11,200 feet. <laughs> you can make your conversions, but uh, I guess the miners had a, you know, it was kind of a thing that was, the, uh, the miners had a, a race they did, and then there was some promoters that kind of turned it into a, well, of course, into a, a pretty big deal now. Yeah, people haven't heard of it, but uh, um, so I was given the challenge to do it. And at the time, when I, I think the first time I did, it, I was in my early forties, and it was just one of those things. Just eh, that's easy to do. <laughs> um, and it, but I had taken up uh, uh, road cycling to to kind of you know I got to figure out how to do this hundred mile race at you know at altitude. I mean. It was 100 miles that was basically at 11 to 12,000 feet, which is yeah, quite a bit up there. So, um, And this was when we were living in Walnut Creek, and so basically training at mm-hmm. sea level. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was actually kind of a challenge in itself. Going the first time was uh, uh, we had to fly from sea level and land in Denver, Colorado, which is a mile high, 6,000-ish plus feet, and then had to drive to 11,000 feet and then get up the next – well, actually, the first time we did it, uh, we had a week to acclimate, which just actually seemed to work pretty good. I, mean, I think at the time my body was always good with elevation, so it was not bad. And so the the not finishing part, I have to say, was not because of ability. It was because of they had us. It was kind of they still talk about it at the, at the uh, riders' meeting to this day that there was a uh, it was a beautiful sunny day. It was warm. We had drop points where we could drop our our caches of clothes and different stuff, and we were crossing the last checkpoint I think at mile 80 and it was sunny beautiful day and after that the no actually I think it was at miles anyway 670 maybe the skies opened up and it snowed <sighs> and we had nothing but uh, um, just you know regular lycra jerseys and and nothing and so they 
it started and there was lightning storms. And if anybody knows the course, there's a, a section of the trail called power line and they're high, high intensity power lines. And so they were afraid that people were going to get electrocuted. So they started sending, they were going around knocking on people's trucks in Leadville, Colorado and sending people out to the course to pick people up. They wanted people out of there because of this thunderstorm or lightning storm. So uh, at mile 90, they pulled, you know, hundreds of people off the course and I didn't finish. So I had to go back and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, I got my belt buckle. <laughs> yeah, nice. And do you want to talk about that experience wow. at all? Of You said there was a little bit of emotion behind that as well. I think with, with any race, and I think, you know, for any athlete, I don't know, that, that finish line is when you're trying to do a personal best or just competing in, you know, something large. It's, I mean, for me, I must say that there's, and on those hard events, there was another one that was uh, called the Death Ride, which is in the in the California Sierras. And I'll never just every time to get to that last pass it was you know tears. I mean, it's like just emotionally you're just spent, you know, and and with you know and the, the just that feeling of doing accomplishment is kind of one of those uh, one of the things that's hard to replace. It's just accomplishments for yourself. And again, this is all just for myself. I wasn't doing it for anybody else. I mean. Uh, that it was always pretty cool to get to those those points and uh, you know for me anyway yeah incredible that's so cool I know someone that's done Leadville you <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it had been a mountain biking race before a foot race you know that's funny you say that because it has been a, a few years ago now and I mm. and I'm pretty sure the running race was before the mountain bike race but that's something we'll both have to yeah fact, we'll have fact, to fact check fact <laughs> check it later <laughs> so I was going to do it on my phone you know that's right yeah and for such a long time because it's been 30 and, and every you know just, and it's it's become such a big thing that yeah that uh, you know that famous athlete I mean Lance Armstrong was the first big one who came and and did it and started he started getting these athletes that was the that was the big race of the year that they had to do was Leadville. I mean, it started to become a huge deal with all the, you know, the top cyclists to, to do Leadville. And they, they start crushing the times to just unbelievable with the level they were bringing it to. And it's still... I'm just doing some live fact checking. Oh, yep. there you go. Yep. yep. <laughs> so whoever put this Wikipedia entry on, let's hope they're correct. <laughs> so first of all, the Leadville 100 mountain bike is the second oldest of the well-known 100-mile marathon mountain bike races held in the right. U.S. The, older, the oldest is the Wilderness 100, 101 in Central PA. Huh. Anyway, it is an outgrowth of the Leadville Trail 100 foot race. Both races were begun by Ken Schluber, yep. maybe killing that name, yep. as Mary part Lee. of an effort <laughs> to spur the economy of the town of Leadville. Right. So there you go. Yeah, very cool. That was just special in itself going to the town of Leadville. I've got one of my favorite pictures is that life begins at 11,200 feet. And there was no economy, and that was exactly it. They had these minor races and different stuff, and it became yeah. such a big deal. Yeah. yeah, the first race drew 150 entrants, whereas in 2009 it had grown to 1,400. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Well. Good one. <laughs> I think now the cutoff is 6,000 or 7,000 maybe. I don't know what That's they cut huge. it off at now. I think yeah, when I did it was... a big race, I think yeah. I did it was 16... I don't know. No, I think it was 800 when I did it. Yeah, well. So one of Dad's favorite Amazing. sayings, and it you know can kind of relate into the first time of Leadville not being um, 
achieved, whether or not it's because of lightning storms or if it's because of athletic ability or you. Yeah, blood, spe- yeah. <laughs> he deserves two belt buckles. It's called Ken. Um, one of dad's, well, dad has a couple of favorite sayings. One of them is cotton kills. So don't wear cotton. It's just going to stay wet. Yep. Sarah well, loves that one. And I, this I, yeah. <laughs> Well, I have a story on that very quickly, just to interrupt you, because I went whitewater rafting on the snake in the US um, with a bunch of friends when I was on a geography field trip at uni, and we were all wearing cotton t-shirts, and this like really hot guide was like, girls, cotton kills, take off your t-shirts. <laughs> so there you go. So he abused the yeah. statement. <laughs> <laughs> so dad, again, one of dad's favorite ones, cotton kills. There's no bad weather. There's just bad gear, <laughs> pretty much in the same regard. But also, if you're not falling, you're not learning. Another favorite <laughs> saying, which to me means, you know, you're going to have failures and you're going to learn from them and you got to keep going and yeah. stuff. So for both That's of you guys, point. you know, um, we put in inverted commas, failed adventures. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any stories from any sort of adventuring that you guys have done that you've learned from? And it could just be a life adventure. <laughs> hmm. Throwing one out there. <laughs> I've got to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I I just feel like there are no failures. Yeah, so when you're... If, if you fail, you go back and do it again. <laughs> you know, usually it's something that I think whether it... it kind of screws up your trip, maybe, or um, or something out of your control. I I. You know, I don't put myself out there as much as Andy does, so I really can't put my finger on a, what I would consider a failed adventure. Mom was yeah. always really good. I remember a cross-country <coughs> run that we did that you came on, and we had a couple of people, and, you know, they were all spread out at that point, and I was running with you and a couple others, and we got so lost. Like, mm. we came across tarantulas and stuff. <laughs> And I think we ended up doing, you know, extra mileage and things. Like a lot of people would call that a failed adventure. Uh, But I remember that day being so fun. You're like, let's just go down this hill. We might hook up with the trail that I know. We might not. And I think that was always your mentality is like, Hmm. it's not really a failure. We're just going to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to put that boundary around it where where the line of failure is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you fail, you do it again. <laughs> I feel like in this conversation, Julie, you've said a couple of times about how you like you don't put yourself out there and how like you haven't um don't have that competitive or streak or don't put yourself out of your comfort zone. But in the quick fire questions, you mentioned going on this ski trip, staying mm. in a yurt on a mountainside. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Because you did say that that was something that was not necessarily within your comfort zone, whatever your words were. Right. That was not an epic fail. Although one of the girls on our trip, she did hurt her ankle on the very first run. And she was pretty much out for the trip. So I would like to ask her, do you consider that a fail? Because Mm -hmm. I still think she was so happy to be there. And and (laughs) part of her motivation was to stay in a yurt. So check that box. <laughs> um, 
that that trip for me was just out of my comfort zone because a it was hard. I didn't know if the terrain was going to be too difficult for me. I always expected backcountry skiers are you know, I'm a pretty capable skier, but I always expected backcountry skiers had way more time on the mountains, were way more aggressive, um, and the skiing problem wasn't a problem at all. Um, for me, it was, you know, what what my worry was would have been a storm coming in. We got great weather, um, icy conditions, and it was beautiful. So, um, so while that was out of my comfort zone, there were a lot of things that did fit in my box. I think it was the lead up to it just got me, you know, on edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. back to the, the, the failure thing, I guess, is going to come back to the, the one thing of just, you don't fail, you go back and do it level. But I was going to kind of just point out for one thing for Joy, she's been very modest to this whole thing, saying that she's exactly that going up on a backcountry trip and all this kind of stuff she's she's been a pretty good trooper hanging in there with a lot of, <laughs> with, a, with a lot of good stuff so yeah don't let her don't let yeah. her fool you in that respect she just maybe a little a notch or two less <laughs> well anyway, thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah generational difference like we said with the compliment you've got mm. to take it mom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I, I feel like that must also, when we talk about longevity, the fact that as a couple, you have that partnership where you both are keen to go on these adventures. And if one's not, you might push the other out of the door. Or I feel like that support has to play a big role in that as well. It does. It's huge for us and for our marriage and for, you know, the longevity of our marriage and and longevity of our life. We have so many shared experiences. You'll look through our phones and there's Andy and me again and me and Andy and Andy. Me. <laughs> I keep trying to take photos yeah. of these guys together because mom's like, no, I want photos of you. I'm like, no, 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 I'll take them of you and dad. Oh, I've got plenty with me. <laughs> so, yes, I I think we're super, super fortunate to enjoy um, similar activities like that. And I can't express it enough. Super duper fortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, And you guys also mentioned, well, maybe not mentioned, but I know that you guys are, I kind of want to take a little bit of a turn into the, like going back to the fact that when you went on that ski trip, you had someone who kind of twisted her ankle on the very first run. Mm -hmm. So you guys also adventure together but you also do it with a group you mm-hmm. guys are going over to mm-hmm. patagonia mm-hmm. is it next year now when yeah rescheduled? Feb- uh, rescheduled for the third time yeah rescheduled then um and you guys are going with a group of people so it's probably easy to manage you guys together you know mm-hmm. yeah if you're not feeling off it's pretty easy to look over at your husband or your wife and go it's not my day and go, that's okay. You know, you feel a little bit more comfortable with that. How do you guys manage um, adventuring in a group? Well, I would say if you can find people that you can adventure with well, grab them. Yeah. yeah we've had grab some, them and hold on tight. You hear yeah. very, very bad trips. And we've had, been very fortunate with such fabulous friends that we just, 
just has always worked out. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's I mean, easier said than done, but uh, that's been the success of our traveling with groups and just, you know, and kind of the thing like with our friend that her ankle, I mean, you know, he as good as the or fast as the slowest person, that whole, that whole cliche thing. And just, I mean, everybody, you know, you adapt and, and everybody is just on the same page. And again, I think we've had very good success because we've done a fair amount of traveling with people. And, yeah. And you're, yeah. yeah. Just get yeah, good good groups of people. Um, maybe it comes down to flexibility as well. And being flexible, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, setting mm-hmm. expectations. Do you guys yeah. all have like a pre-trip kind of like meeting in terms of yeah. navigating all of that? Yep. Sometimes, you know, you try and pull out what's the most important thing of this trip from everybody and see if you can accommodate that. And it might be doing an adventure in a different geographical area. Or it might be doing a different type of, of adventure, but uh, you try and hit people's top spots because it's a lot of time and money, and um, you know, for everybody, everybody should come away feeling mostly satisfied. Yeah, but it really comes down to um, when you find people that because traveling's hard with with someone when you find people that you feel like you can travel well with yeah hold on to it hold grab them yeah i can i can put Kristen on the spot here (laughs) (laughs) now with all the kids i think it's fun to look back and i mean again giving people hope that that, because kids have made the ride just that much more amazing but but I'll go back to, and I can have a you know story with with uh, with Jake Hannah and Kristen. But but I'd like to make sure that it's brought out that it, that we get credit for Kristen's uh, her tenacity and her I mean what's brought her running. I'm mean, we I'll never forget. And you know I don't think we've ever had this conversation before. But we did it. We did a uh, we tried to do a trip with the kids. You know um, for just for holiday, and we did a trip with Kristen. And it was going to be a camping trip. And we went off to uh, Mount Lassen, which is one of the, the lower ones. I think it's 11,000 feet or something. But, but we took Chris and I remember she was, and you were probably 13, 14. Remember, it was a high school trip. And uh, she was just fighting, kicking and screaming about, you know, doing this hike. And it was just, you know, she may not admit it now, but but um, but I'll never forget. And, I, you know, and I think I remember thinking, you know, she'll, she, you came from that, that week trip and you came back from that, and all of a sudden we're getting, Dad, can I borrow your tent? We're gonna, I'm going to take the, my friends up to Mount Diabogo camping. <laughs> and that was just not, you know, because we've never pushed the kids to do anything. They did, they did a lot of things, mm-hmm. and we see, you know, families that push their kids to do things. And it was always, you know, we nudged them along. But, uh, but I'll never forget that, that, you know, that's, I think, what evolved Kristen's love for the outdoors more. We, you know, we went to Lake Tahoe. We did a lot of outdoor things, but, you know, going to that pushing limits of stuff that uh, that she was not happy about that trip and then weeks later she was off camping and it, and that was just a that switch flipped and after that you never looked back I mean took up cross country in school which you took up cross country <laughs> where would that come from <laughs> you know that had to have come from <laughs> somewhere of course so um, anyway and then and then Hannah kind of came in a different way and then and Jake with this stuff, so it's been fun with all that stuff. But uh, but looking back for Kristen, that was. Uh, <laughs> would you share that? I think that's yeah, that's talk turn, about that. that was or a even I'll, point, I'll put that to you, Kristen. Was it? I mean, can you say what formulated you as a as a young athlete runner? I mean, to think my daughter's doing ultra marathons, I you know, 
and get a big kick out of that <laughs> and take a little credit, yeah. I hope. <laughs> totally. Because I give you guys sure. all the credit. <laughs> so I don't remember that trip until you brought it up maybe last week or we talked about it at some stage, I yeah. think, on this trip while you guys were out here. I went, oh, yeah, I really did not want to do that hike. But granted, it was freaking windy from what I remember. It was not like it was nice conditions. It was sunny. But for me as a... You got to push through it. Anyways, <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, definitely was kicking and screaming to not want yeah, to remember, do remember it before that. it rained. That was a funny trip. But, I, but it came, I think we all came back. That was a, that was a fun trip. Because Chris and being the oldest was the first of that little deal that we got got the kids on their trips but out but i do remember that so yeah but i always remember like going out with mom i had soccer homework that i had to do of <laughs> run two miles and david noe big mm. bad mean oh, david yeah. noe First, soccer coach that was soccer yeah. yeah gave us uh running homework and mom's like look we'll do more than two miles it'll just be slower than what he wants you to do it <laughs> And you'd take me with your girls group and like that was kind of the first little insight to, oh, okay, so this is, you could just go for a run and not have to chase a soccer ball or tackle somebody or protect a goal or something like that. You could go out for a run and still get a, like a pretty good kick of yeah. endorphins and yeah. stuff. See, that's where I ticked the box in giving Andy and I a pat on the back is if you feel that way for your life, job done. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, that kind of circles back around to when I was thinking about what would my wishes be part. And I know I don't get four wishes, but I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> Dad's not going to fourth I wish. Got, you I can get a fourth wish. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I would wish for everybody to get the feeling of endorphins, to have that beautiful outside experience, mm. to every single person in the world um through disabilities that that would be my wish it really is um it makes life worth living for me yeah endorphins are a fun thing mm-hmm. and for everybody needs to experience that that's fun <laughs> sometimes it's endorphins sometimes it's adrenaline <laughs> yeah yeah um, but it's it's the experience, the whole experience that you have powered yourself to accomplish something. And I think that definitely speaks to you, Sarah, of a self-powered adventure mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I don't mind the odd self-propelled mission, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, I do have one question for you all, actually, because you were talking obviously about family holidays then. At this stage now, where you all are, if you could go on like your dream adventure as a family, what would it look like? Mm, I do have an answer and I've thought about that. Um, somebody, we, when we were at that yurt, uh, we had a couple guides that, you know, they, they seemed to have been all over the place adventuring. And so I, we asked, what was your favorite adventure? And they said rafting down the Colorado River, uh, through the, well, Grand, rafting through the, the Grand, Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon was the yeah. top on their own. So I would yeah. love to take the family rafting down through the Grand Canyon. Kristen's going to hold us. She's writing it down here. I'm <laughs> like, cool, I haven't yeah. heard of this. Let's yeah, go. Right. 
You better watch out because I'm going to pop up there as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Hey, mom, dad. <laughs> You're in, Sarah. Come on in. Yeah, right. <laughs> the boat's big enough. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like a three-week adventure or something. So it, uh, two to three weeks. Um, no, they said mm-hmm. to take the two to three week because mm-hmm. you get to do a lot of hiking on side the side trips. trips. It was yeah. pretty interesting to hear from some you know guys that have done some pretty cool stuff. That, yeah, plus that, you have everybody in a boat. They can't get away from you. <laughs> <laughs> that could go either really well uh-huh. or really <laughs> so. That might be the epic fail. <laughs> but, but we still, I would give us credit as a family, we still travel pretty well yeah. together. Oh, yeah. no like problem, yeah. these guys came yeah. out and visited um uh january 26 17 or something like that it was just after we got married and the whole family stayed at the house and Mm -hmm. you know these guys went off to byron bay for a little bit hannah and jake went for snorkels you guys went for you know riding your bike and then we all went over and visited hannah when she was doing her ski season in japan and Mm -hmm. that was really fun so I'm pretty, pretty sure anywhere that we could just be outside. Yeah. Is It'll always, work. Is always good. Yeah. Yeah, the kids are driving us that. along on their adventures. Yeah. 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 Hannah, bring you know, it's been fun chasing the kids around as we've gotten older. And as they've gotten older. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> and talk about um, your upcoming adventures because you do have some. I've mentioned that you guys are going to Patagonia. What does that trip look like? Um, that actually is going to be a guided trip with the same people that we did the year trip. So when I said grab onto them, we did grab onto them. Um, we hiked in Peru with them also. And uh, it's just a good group. I wish I wish I could bring a few extra people, but um, it's... Uh, not everybody knows the other people that I would like to bring along. So um, we, the trip will be the six of us, and um, it it's for me. It is a luxury because somebody else is organizing it. Hmm. So I, I mean, other than hiking through beautiful landscape. Um, if I had the itinerary in front of you, I could give you a day by day, but it's essentially staying in a in a beautiful eco lodge and doing day hikes from there. Um, it's uh, I think it's going to be part challenging, part luxury, and uh, that's not typically how we roll, but that's what this one looks like. So, um, looking forward to it. I mean, similar to our Machu Picchu trip, which was a hiking lodge trip, which was, yeah, as, as we've gotten older, that's become nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, we're going to Germany mm-hmm. and Greece for a hiking trip that'll end up in, in small towns with beer pubs. So. Yeah. But it's going to be hiking, and I don't know how many miles we're going to be. Yeah, so in a few months. But a similar, similar type thing. So, yeah, we, we're slowing down at any time soon and you'll also be on a bit of a boat trip as well and, mm-hmm. and then followed up with on a other friends. sailing trip and same different same friends. friends no different different from the patagonia yeah that'll be fun um that'll be a different experience again we'll be on a boat and hopefully we won't want to throw them off or vice versa <laughs> <laughs> we'll sail boat for, a, for a week in the, yeah in, in 
Greece. But sailing yeah. around Greece sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, we start with an eight-day hike through Bavaria, and like Andy said, it's kind of pubs at night. And <laughs> uh, But I love the snow- slowness of that one, traveling slowly on foot. Um, sounds just perfect to me. <laughs> wow. I'm not jealous whatsoever. <laughs> 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 yeah, these guys out trying make make a <laughs> make it good. I love that. I reckon then on that note, is there anything else we want to add or should we go to our final question? Ooh. <laughs> the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> What do we do reckon? To, yeah, do you want to uh, intro the question? Yes. So having, like, we've gone through these, like, beautiful philosophical pieces of advice to now finish <laughs> on the question, which came from when I was helping to coach a bunch of little girls mountain biking um, on a trail network here, and they wouldn't be able to make it through the hour without needing to go to the bathroom. <laughs> So they would ask if they could take a wild wee. So my question for your parents, this is, a- <laughs> is can you tell us about your wildest wee? <laughs> so first of all, I can relate to not going not lasting an hour <laughs> with your little girls. Um, so my wildest we memory would be um, running beta breakers, if any of you know uh, what that event is. This was probably in my 20s, and, and they didn't organize races all that well back then. Just massive peoples would people would show up and this was a party race um it was a 12k that was uh yeah talk about i don't even know how long it is it was yeah you can look up wikipedia but that's another big one that's yeah that's been going for a long time that's like an institution race now it is yeah Yeah, you run it like all throughout san francisco do you know beta breakers at all like is that a race that would have okay so it's not like an international type thing it's a 12k race (laughs) and over the years it's picked up like people dress up and there's dad had an yeah dad had an interesting role in one of the beta breakers years they always have like sharks and this is like just a tradition now so land sharks they just had like their little fins and they would swim upstream of all of the runners going (laughs) down and i mean this race is huge thousands of people even we were doing is 50 60 thousand people yeah huge you can imagine a group of of at that time pretty fit guys running upstream with shark fins that were on their head quite massive on our heads yeah and we got away with murder. It <laughs> was just, it's I, also a party race. It was, and it was a party race amongst people. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. When you say people would dress up, you also have to give the shout out that people would run naked. <laughs> so, so. Oh, my God. Uh, As a race director, I'm like, this sounds like <laughs> <laughs> There's people drinking. You get, oh, I mean, it still runs in the morning. But like, I remember doing it at 18 with Allie Gray. We just randomly went. Um, we were both like, 
Whoa. We yeah. didn't think nobody told us oh, what no, to expect. <laughs> and it was wild. So we're just painting the scene a little bit for you, Mom, yep, for Beta yep. Breakers. Right. So yeah. not being very well organized, they did not put porta potties out there. <laughs> and if they did, there were not enough. Put, put ever, that on your list, Sarah, ever, for, for race ever. organizers. <laughs> porta potties. It is so key. You don't have to bring up <laughs> yeah. these stories with people. <laughs> So this actually was a big problem, and I was one of the problem. <laughs> what are you going to do when you have to pee? Because you were drinking beer at, what, 7.30 in the morning before you Aww. started the race. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. <laughs> and there's nothing that was open. They would always do it on a Sunday, and nothing was open in downtown San Francisco. So my wildest we was squatting in some corner you know, watching the racers go by, and I'm in the middle of a downtown <laughs> at the stream of we running down the sidewalk. Vivid memory of that, you know, watching that alleyway with you and Cindy Robinson, yeah. and, and watching Tinkle kind of just come out of the <laughs> from the doorway where we had, we had him hidden. <laughs> Good thing I had a land shark watching. <laughs> I actually didn't know what to expect, but that was not what I expected. That's <laughs> great, awesome. wild way. All right, mom, tick, dad. Um, you know, I but since I've been you know listening to to the to the into the wee hours podcast, and I was, and every time I listen to a podcast, and you bring up the question, and I think you know, as a guy, it's pretty uneventful. It's pretty pretty simple with the anatomy the way such as it is, but. But one thing I think we were talking about, and Julie was saying, well, where, where would you think about it? And I have thought about it since you've been doing this. But I think the wildest we was, and we'll deviate from it being an adventure running thing, we were on a train, and I think we were crossing through Italy or something, and we're on this old, as I always call them, you know, clickety-clack train. And the potty was in the back of the train. You open a door, and there was a hole in the floor, and you could see the train tracks going below you. So you had to, while you're balancing yourself at, you know, whatever speed on this clickety-clack train and aim for a hole, it was almost like an amusement park game. <laughs> and that was always, and that's, to have to look back, that really was a pretty strange phenomenon, to pee through a hole in a floor. <laughs> and there wasn't even a clown's mouth. <laughs> Again, I didn't know what to expect, but I wasn't expecting that. I could get into a little more PG, but just PG a different Delta. rated one. Yeah. So we'll those, but, that, but that was pretty funny. I do bring, I think about yeah. that. That's always a funny one. So <laughs> good. <laughs> so we talked about the, I guess, the final, 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 final question um, of where can people find you online? <laughs> Because I think your answer is going to be yeah. pretty... Okay, guys, you can mail yeah. it. Well, they can mail a letter, too. Yeah. <laughs> you can send smoke signals <laughs> to the old ones. Yeah. Um, I think Strava, and I think it's just under my name, Julie Russell. And I think I changed it to Reno, Nevada. It might be Walnut Creek, California. 
So mom and dad actually have, like, their social media is their Strava. If you look at their Strava, it's got photos. Dad takes selfies. He's got his bike propped up on the top of the mountain. What do you need? Facebook and Twitters and all this stuff? I mean, Strava is what everybody looks at. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you are, the the myth, the legend. No, No, a couple of travels. Yeah, no, I mean, even the... I consider Strava like a diary. Yeah. It's fun to look it's, back. It's on. easy to look mm-hmm. back because you can yeah. you know, pull up places you've been, and, and that's how. Other than mm-hmm. pictures, you know, you can. Uh, but Andy Strava. has a pretty fun Strava feed. He's got a pretty yeah. fun Strava feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he would yeah. be Andy so, Russell, just, Reno, Nevada. Right. But a random little question for your guys adventuring: If you like show up in a new place, for example, do you use that as part of your like way of getting around? Ever have you used heat maps and stuff? Nope. No. Mm-mm. So you guys would just like show up in a new location and just go for a run or go for a bike or something? No, We've course. done that before. Um, and... Yeah. You, some of the trail mm-hmm. apps, yeah. all trails mm-hmm. um, definitely are helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I knew how to how to use Gaia better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a handicap. Yeah. Oh, it's just a little mm-hmm. interesting question. Going, going to places, and I just yeah, I've always made a point to because of you know, just Strava is fun to make sure you, wherever you go, you have some sort of a fun thing you can tag on your Strava to cover each. You know. Yeah. I mean, even I, I, I don't hate to admit that I had Strava for just even our Great Barrier Reef trip. I mean, it's you know, fun things to look back, and I think you know that you can go, oh yeah, we did that, and because you can target the you know the period of time you're gone and see all the fun things. But always, I always joke with people, I up, well, I gotta stop, I gotta do at least one Strava picture because you have to have something that's kind of fun to, to put in your Strava post. <laughs> I agree. I love this, and I think that is the perfect answer for adventurers. To that Strava <laughs> is where you can be found. So right, there you go. And you, know, and you know, Sarah, I think both Julie and I, I think you came up, and I think I liked you. I've been watching you. You get you're quite active also. <laughs> <laughs> and you got I am also. Yeah. I do remember this actually because I was like, Kristen, I think your dad's following me. <laughs> <laughs> Not stalking, following. Exactly. I'm like, oh, no, 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 yeah. that's just the way that he does Instagram. It <laughs> is <right>. through Strava. <laughs> that's right. perfect. I love it. Oh, I'm so happy that we were able to talk to you. I know, like, Kristen, since we started this podcast, has been like, I want to interview my parents. And so. Mm. To be able to do it when you are in Australia as well. I'm so sorry I'm not in the room with you, but yeah. it's just been such a pleasure to, t- to chat to you both, and it's like such an inspiration as well. Like really, truly. Well, we appreciate you putting into your into We Hour podcast budget to fly us here to have us do this live in person. <laughs> yeah, this is all a business expense. That's right. Thanks, you, Patreon. You don't, you don't know it yet, but uh, you better get to work. <laughs> Your family have been very supportive on our Patreon, so I guess you know. Yeah. Jake, Kristen, or Jake and Hannah both. Yeah, and you guys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thank you guys. From I know Sarah just said thank you, but I thank you guys too for everything that you've done. I just had this sprung on me right before, about 10 minutes before we came out. Yeah, I did tell mom, Mm -hmm. and I I thought mom told dad. Julie, when did you tell me me we were doing this? (laughs) So dad, with about a half hour prep, has done very well. Sleeping from from not feeling good. Yeah. (laughs) But I rallied hard. (laughs) Well, 
I'm very grateful you did. Yeah, Thank you so much. Fun. I hope yeah, you. Yeah, that was yeah. A, a, a treat to be part of it. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your trip and safe travels. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Into the Wee Hours podcast. To get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Into the Wee Hours podcast or email us at Into the Wee Hours podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, Sarah is all the gear nay idea, and that is N-A-E for all you non-Scots people, and Kristen is at Kristen Vodden. To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit intothewehours.com forward slash podcast. And to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash podcast. Happy adventuring, and we will talk to you next time.